Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Creep Time After Dark. This is a Creep Time original podcast. So make sure to go listen to Creep Time, the podcast, right after the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baby, this is this has to this is comparable to some sort of like electroshock therapy. I, I could only imagine <laughs> where basically we just shoot you up with a bunch of caffeine, get you on camera, and I just keep throwing you the most out of pocket shit possible. This is electroshock therapy, modern day oh lobotomy. Lobotomy. Oh my god, that's Ooh. actually that was something out of pocket one time that my friend. Um, well, I guess I could. Yeah, Connor. I could say her name. Connor. She, we used to, Connor. She used to joke all the time. We would say that people were like lobotomized. Like we just mm, felt like yeah. they were like not getting it. She would be like, and she has a super thick Southern accent. She she, she would just be like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Is, did he get a lobotomy or something? And I just did thought he get that a was lobotomy? so. Did he get a lobotomy? Like, I just thought that was so funny the way she would say that. Oh, my God. Lobotomized. It, it is out of pocket you, because that's another one that stops somebody dead in their tracks. If, like, if I was talking and somebody shut my ass down and they said, I'm sorry, were you fucking lobotomized? I would be thinking about that for a year. And then after a year of therapy and Prozac, I still wouldn't make it out the other side. Like, I, I would be scored. It's such an elevated version of where you dropped on your head that like it's very heightened, but nothing can it's be just it's camp. <laughs> it's That's camp. camp. It's camp. <laughs> it's nothing. I don't think I'm gonna be thinking about she's blown out. You are blown blown. You're blown out. Okay, you gotta pause because you're blown okay. out right now. No, no, <laughs> I wasn't telling oh. you. That. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, you did it, and I thought the mic. I thought you were saying that I was blowing out the mic, and I was, baby, it works. You just did it in real time on me. My big insecurity came out in two seconds. It works. That was incredible. I literally was like, "How did that happen so fast?" Literally, like, that, like literally, you went from zero to six. You were like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Hold on, I was like, "That was what?" <laughs> Blown out the mic, so, baby. Wow, you it can be applied to so out. many things. It really, and that's what I'm saying. You just assign when it's vague enough like that. The read is so deep a- and so layered. You just apply your own insecurities. Oh it's the same God. as when people say like, um, like some sort of vague, like slight comment where they're like, "Wow, you're really complex," like that. And you're like, it, "I'm immediately assigning my own insecurity." I'm like, "Okay, well, are they reading me saying me that I'm actually dim?" And they're like yeah. kind of gaslighting my ass, or they say like you're a whole fucking host of problems, kind of thing. Right. It's a backhanded compliment. Blown out. Blown out. I'm about to blow out. <laughs> Please pick a word. Blow out that word. A new baby. word. 
<laughs> okay. Here we go. Also, by the way, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> I know, I'm always like, I, oh, what what we got? What <sighs> Disney adults? <laughs> we have to. First of all, we have to pause. We have to be sensitive. I am sensitive. There's to gotta this. be. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling myself. <laughs> Like myself to have grace out loud to myself. <laughs> have some grace, bitch. But well, also, okay, I've been accused of being one. So you, yes, How? you don't go to Disney very often. I went like one time this year. I went this summer. I went to Disneyland. I had the time of my freaking life. And somebody messaged me, who uh-huh. shall remain nameless, and said, "Oh my god, are you becoming a Disney adult?" Mm-hmm. And, and you I said. Was like, I said, hell yeah, I am. I'm having the best damn day of my life. What do you think is the psychology behind Disney adults? Let's start there. Like, how does it... Also, I don't know what's going on, if there's an attack or something, but the sirens in the background, they're coming for you. They said... Maybe it's the motorcade. The motorcade. They said, we got a 129. We've got Stu in her apartment (laughs) blown out. (laughs) They said, "We, we got some Disney ears. Hiding in in the closet. I literally do have them in my closet. I say, do them. you? I, that, see, that's that's the ears for me that's is the sign. That's the sign that I'm like, okay, this is like that's a sign. seed has been planted. So their their attack on me wasn't totally out of pocket because it was right after I was like, I got ears, and they were like, oh my god, and I was like, sorry, they were cute and sparkly. And when you're an adult at mm-hmm. Disney and you can have a glass of champagne before you get on a ride. Sometimes you just buy the ears and then you regret it later. Did I tell you I almost puked at Disney last time I went? No. Did I tell you that? What ride? No, I, it wasn't even from a ride. It was because I went with um, I went with Jack and we went to the cantina because you can't drink anywhere in Disneyland on the, I forget which side it is. Cali- well, there's Disneyland and there's California Adventure. I think we were in the proper like yeah. Disneyland. You were in real Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. We went to the Star Wars like Cantina, which is the only place you can drink. And it was so early. We were there at like 9.45 a.m. And we started drinking because <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> but if you've had those drinks, they're like nothing but sugar. Like, and they're really Just funky. Sugar. They're super sweet, really funky. And like they have weird like foams and stuff. And we had a few drinks and then... I was like definitely feeling queasy and I I usually have a pretty like, you know, iron stomach. Like I, I have a strong stomach yeah. for this stuff. And we like walked out and went to the gift shop and I turned to Jack and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like I could feel my mouth salivating. And I was like, any second now, it's going to be projectile over all these children. And I couldn't wait. But I didn't throw up. I ran. I started. Stomach. I that was the thing. Show up, eat no breakfast. Yeah. Immediately pound three cocktails that are basically corn syrup and vodka. Literally, I I went to the same place. Uh, yeah. Emily and I went there, and we have. Um, <gasps> Did you guys have a good time. She had. We had so much fun. Yeah, I really. She, I low-key wanted to the, come. <laughs> I was like, I wish uh, I could. Okay, next time we'll all go. We we I had the best time. Um, but I had told her that you said you got to go to this. Like you the do. little it's, cantina it's cool. in Star Wars. She was yeah. like, oh, that place is so fun. So we went. 
Um, it was also early as hell for us, but she mm-hmm. got some drink that was like bright freaking blue. So that was I'm what I had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am not surprised you threw up because she had one sip of it and she was like, woo, like this is. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, um, it's a but lot. I, I started sprinting out of the gift shop and I ran to the bathroom. And by the time I got there, I didn't have to throw up. It takes a lot for me to puke. Like I'd have to be really yeah. sick. But I forgot why I told you that story. I was like, this relate back to Disney adults. What is the mark of a Disney adult? Is it that you get drunk and wear ears in Disney? Because I think that's where we were <laughs> we were headed before. No, and I think we're doing. We, I think the real Disney adults are like shaking their heads right now at us. They're like, "That is not like you are bringing dishonor to the cause." Well, can I tell you my theory? Because I talked about this with Jack when we covered our Disney. Because um, I think Jack is a Disney adult, really. Um, yeah. I mean, anybody who goes there and, like, explicitly is buying merch, like, he was spending, like, dropping hundreds of dollars on merch. I was like, you're you're sipping the Kool-Aid. You're in Lost of the Sauce, baby. So yeah, yeah. we talked a little bit about the psychology, and I related it back to their patent on the smellitizer because smells are so evocative for memory. Because every single ride in Disney has a smell that they pump into it that is specifically curated. It's the same smell. It's like a perfume to that ride. The reason I think the reason they do this is because smells are so evocative of positive memories that you usually make when you're younger, that if you can Mm. offer that as a place where adults can go and immediately get locked in to those those happy memories, I think that's how they become a lifetime customer. That is the phenomenon Mm -hmm. of the Disney adult. So it's that they're really going there and it's a sensory experience that is very, very real for them because everything is the exact same as they always remembered it, which is why they're very protective over tradition with Disney. Don't change anything. Don't do anything different. Don't make the adaptations different. I think that's where that comes from. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Because I don't... Also, wait, come a little closer to the mic. I can't hear you too well. Yeah. Just a little bit. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. I'm getting... I get too relaxed on After Dark. I know. (laughs) It has that effect. We just start kikiing. Um... I can totally see where that comes from because even when I go back and I haven't been to the park in like, you know, however many, I honestly don't remember. It was like 10 years since I had been to Disneyland. And the fact that like I remember everything about it is the weirdest thing. Like nothing changes. It's such a strange, nothing changes. And it's so, it's like a weird, it's such a comforting thing, I think. Yeah. For people to know something that you had such great memories, like you said, you come back and it's just the way you left it, sort of. Well, it's also, I think that's one of the scariest things for adults and why a lot of adults start to deal with, um, like, resentment for the world around them and anger. And I've witnessed this, like, in my own family, too, is that the world around you is changing. And it's, like, a constant feeling sometimes that you're getting left behind, especially when you're mm-hmm. inundated with, like, younger generations, new tech, and, like, this perpetual feeling that the world is moving without you, you're not keeping up, and that you can pay to return to a place that is exactly as you always remembered it, even down to the smells. Yeah. That is quite a captivating offer. If I really had to look at like the marketing science as to why I think Disney has such a firm grip on people, I really, really think it's that. Yeah. And that they've... I mean, the whole thing when you told me about like nobody can die there, mm-hmm. the fact that they just preserve like it's that serious, like they have to preserve everything to make it look perfect is like, I think that's where I start to like, 
(laughs) Disney adult thing. I'm like, because when you grow up, it for me, it's like there's a a certain level of the the reality, like the realism of things is actually comforting to me because I'm like, okay, like I know what's going on here. It it's kind of like like freaky to me that we're all just like in this like fake like Westworldy vibes. We're like yeah, all in is, this like is fake place. And the fact that this fake place like literally won't let a person be pronounced dead there is like mm-hmm. that's kind of when you think about it, that's wild. I guess I really hadn't thought about Disney in that in that way, but it, you're very much right. It is kind of like a Westworld experience. It's a it's a yeah. world they've created where there are characters walking around and you're fully immersed in the fantasy of it all. But and I also whole, think like, Disney... Grand Theft Auto is like Westworld. <laughs> so uh, who am I? Oh yeah. Oh totally. Totally. But like the whole like Disney bounding thing too is very like What's they the won't Disney even bounding let you... thing? What's that? Bounding? So you're not allowed to dress up you're not yeah you're not oh, allowed to oh dress yeah, up. yeah no that's true yeah and so, yeah and so that like people will just like i'm disney bound and then they'll like you know try to dress as much as they can like one of the mm-hmm. characters but like not fully be the character it's without getting allowed. kicked out yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah i just think that's crazy that they like won't let you come in and be a character like nobody's gonna actually look as like well i guess there are some people that would look just as diehards will the, absolutely yeah. look even better than some of those characters yeah that's <laughs> absolutely true. That's true. especially that's now that they've totally got star true. wars baby you have stormtroopers walking around it's it's a mistake i can tell you that mm. and then it's like the whole magic of it would get lost I guess. a little bit yeah or at least confusing for like who it's really intended for i guess which is children i mean the grip that they have on even people who adults who don't have children or are just Disney adults, but like the grip they have on parents of like making you feel like you have a certain window of time to make a magical experience for your child. Do you want them to grow up and be one of the children who said, I never got taken to Disney. That is the, the fear propaganda they have shared with all of us. And again, this is no like Mm -hmm. major shades Disney. I understand they're a huge, huge company within the ecosystem of capitalism here and internationally, but that really is the fear that they're predicating their business on is that it's FOMO. It's like parental FOMO. Yeah. And also as a kid, you do have the best time ever. It's magic. I mean, it's really like we were begging my parents to let us go back there, except for the one time I think, have I told you the story that my dad surprised my brother and I in the middle of the night. And when we got there, my brother thought we'd been kidnapped by what? our own father oh no <laughs> was, how old were you this was so well hold on okay <laughs> let me back up my mom my mom was pregnant with yes. my younger brother okay and it was a spring break okay and they hadn't prepared like a trip for us or anything and my mom felt so bad and she was like to my dad you've got to take um the kids on a trip even though like i can't come they're looking forward to like having some sort of spring mm. break experience. Yeah. So my sweet, my sweet dad in the middle of the night wakes us up and thinks he's going to do the whole surprise. We're going to Disney world thing and throws us in the car. We both immediately go to sleep. And so we wake up and we're like coming into Orlando and he, he's like, we're going to Disney world. 
I'm thrilled. I'm like, oh my God, like, can't believe it. My older brother immediately thinks that like something's happened to our mom and that like our dad isn't telling us where she is. Oh my God. So we, and he starts freaking out. So we have to get into the hotel room and immediately call call my mom. And she has to be like, no, 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 you guys, it's it's supposed to be like this. And how old was was he? How old were you? Um, I think I was, let's see if she was pregnant with Blake. I, I was four. Oh my God. And so little. So, yeah. So Garrett was like seven. Oh, okay. So he's still in like freak out territory. We're like something's yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something is not right. <laughs> but I love how I, I just think it's so funny that like I was the younger one going like, Girl, chill. Like we're going to Disney World. Maybe <laughs> like, ignorance is bliss, I and you get know to the what? Rides. It's probably very smart. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think. Don't they say that like children who worry like prematurely usually it's a sign of like higher intelligence when they're very young. Like children who like worry a lot. Well, then all four of us must be geniuses because. <laughs> we were, I was. I was wondering where that was going. I was like, I see yeah. you processing. <laughs> I was like, where's this going? <laughs> we were such little worry words. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So funny. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. A, like a late night Disney. I know that there's like good intentions, but where does that come from? Where did the thing of that come from? Where it's like, wake your kids up, surprise them with Disney. Was that like know. a commercial like, or something we're... that was running where people yes. were like, you got to do this. Yes. They had the whole like Christmas morning surprise. We're going to Disney. I feel like it was like oh, a campaign okay. that they did. It, yes, they must have planted that seed where they're like, <laughs> "You have to do it this way, and if you don't, it's not magical." Yeah. But yeah, how does that then translate into Disney adults? So one other sinister thing that I want to add about this before we jump yeah. into it, I'm just remembering because I know somebody who has had a really difficult relationship, working relationship with somebody, and they do not connect. And she's like tried to throw them under the bus and all kinds of stuff. She has, she is a Disney adult and she has used that as a way because they basically had like a mediation with like a higher up to be like, you have to figure out a way to work together, you know, because we're stuck here. We're doing this. You have to work together. She has tried to bridge the gap between them by inviting him to Disney. Like she believes that that will bond them because she's a Disney adult and she goes every weekend. Isn't that interesting? That that's like her conduit to like form a relationship with someone else in a positive way. Yeah. Well, I hope it works well for her. Um, It it did not. Um, uh, End of the story. She was fired. She was let go. (laughs) She was let go. (laughs) I was going to say, pretty sure that that would be the very worst way to... Somebody I don't get along with, you don't want to see me with them in the teacups, baby. It's not going to no. be It's not going to be a vibe. No. I Yeah, so getting like yeah, getting back to the psychology of it all, I just I don't know. I guess it's yeah, like you said the comfort of it, the knowing exactly what you're going to get out of the experience pretty much every time. Is um, there a dark side to a Disney adult? What is the darkness of a Disney adult? Like, what's the sinister aspect about that? Because is it the protectiveness around Disney and that they've sipped the Kool-Aid so hard that it's, like, culty? 
I think it's culty. Yeah, I think it's okay. Culty, and that like there becomes this like fine line of like it, it. I think what's eerie about it is that people believe it so hard. Like they believe in the characters and the stories mm-hmm. and the whatever so hard that you're like. Like that's there's a like have you level lost the plot like realism. kind of thing yeah you're like yeah, I like, can't tell like where your reality starts and stops kind of thing like as an adult like you do know that like this is not like there's a level of realism that kind of gets like blurred but then you're like okay for that person like you know you could be a kid for a day like whatever I think it's just the repeat like going to Disney all the time kind of mm-hmm. situation <laughs> that people are like mm, why are you doing that. I guess I guess it's just like the escapism of like I, it is a place where you can give yourself permission to do just that, right? You can like revert to childhood, and maybe that's something that yeah. other people crave more than others. So mm-hmm. Disney is just the most well received outlet for it. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's a. I don't think it's a not a bad thing I'm, at all. I mean, being a Disney adult is. Absolutely fine. There are worse things you can be, as you and I should both know oh, totally. from the countless serial killers. <laughs> Not that I'm comparing the oh two. Disney adult or serial <laughs> killer. It's a toss-up, honey. <laughs> Do you know, I actually, this put it in really good perspective for me. I have a close friend that, like, swear to God, I really would have never guessed that they absolutely loved Disney. Mm-hmm. And... I was just like, I'm shocked by that. Like when I realized it and this person told me that they just have such an appreciation for like the operational side of how it all happens. That's real. It is theater. I mean, the whole park is live theater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they said they've just have like the whole, like like they're, they would have loved to have been like an Imagineer and like design and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, which I think that's really cool. It is cool. And I can I can appreciate it from afar as well, because it is, I mean, the infrastructure of how that place works on a day-to-day basis, and it never closes, like, for a day. There's only, as, as far as I know, there yeah. are only two times in history where Disney has closed. One was for a hurricane, and the other was 9-11. But that, from an operational standpoint, is just impressive. Like, it's just, the entire experience, how well curated it is, is just exciting. We should go. Should we take a Disney trip? We should go. Please. I think we need oh my to, God, actually. That would be so fun. Which would part would you so want to fun. go to, though? If we went, like, what's your must? Well, I mean, I have to go to the main one, the Magic Kingdom. Magic. Or whatever, but to I, the main one. To the main one. But I loved Epcot, Epcot as a kid. Great. I thought Epcot was so cool. Yeah. I would love to go to Animal Kingdom. I haven't, I don't remember it very I've well. I've been. I've I, I must have gone, but like, I. I would love to go to Animal Kingdom. Um, what are the other ones? I guess there's Downtown Disney, or they call it Disney Springs now. Is that the new name for it? Disney Springs. Oh, that, like the oh, where, where you, you don't can, have to like you actually can drink pay for a ticket. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think you have to pay for a ticket. It's like on the outside of the park, but they call it Disney Springs, and places are open late to like eleven or midnight or something. Oh, that's fun. And, yeah. and then um, there's the MGM. Is that the other one? Is it? I don't know what the other one There's is. There's four in Florida, I think. I think it was MGM because it's supposed to be like old Hollywood or whatever. Oh, wait. 
hear me out, Real Housewives concept. Real yeah. Housewives Beverly Hills, girls trip to Disney. <laughs> Stop. I would die. Who's they riding would what? absolutely <laughs> murder each other. Not a chance. Oh my God. It would, Bravo and Disney, it would never happen. But like, a girl can dream. <laughs> Erica but, Jane walking say, through Disney. They- <laughs> The shot of her um, in wherever they were, where she's like in that like German like latex. Oh, getup. that was Amsterdam, wasn't it? Or it was Amsterdam, yeah. except she. I love but it. But she was, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like saying her. Uh, okay, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It was Amsterdam. She looked so her, good. I don't care what anybody says. She, she looked, looked great. so snatch. Oh my god! She but I'm just imagining her like almost like walking across Main Street in that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I just keep thinking about like Sutton on like teacups or something being like, I'm feeling woozy. Like motion sickness, like out the oh ass. My God. Also, when Sutton lit up that blunt at Kyle's house, was that not weird as hell to you? What is that about? Is she like putting up a front? To me, it was like, I'm going to like keep y'all on your toes. Like you don't know everything about me, which it is was just like, like theatrical. I was like, yes, what? What? this She's is like the Alison Dubois, like Isig. Like that's it's like Alison Dubois. <laughs> oh my God. That's yes. such a good parallel. That's so such a good parallel, but that's the same thing I'm talking about. Like that they start to, I think become too aware of, of the cameras and everything. It's like, how do I like it? They're almost like really, becoming they're crafting like, their own stories. They're their own storytellers. Yeah. 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 Do you think Kyle Richards is a good actress? I can't think of anything I've seen her in legitimately. I told you I watched Halloween Ends the other night. Or oh, last yes, night. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I only watched I, half. She's I've in never it. seen it. Well, she's in it. Um only in the I only watched the first half, but she because she was in the original Halloween. She's not bad. She's like really not bad. She's playing I like wonder- a towny, like bartender, like <laughs> like kind of trailer vibe. She's a nose ring. It's oh, so she, she doesn't play the same. It's not the idea that like she's the grown up. Character. No, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I always thought that maybe Kim was like the better actress, or like Kim is a like good actress. She is a good say, actress. But yeah, but Kim has um, lived experience. That's why. Oh, just grit. By the way, Kim, now that we're talking about Beverly Hills, she seems like she's doing well. You know, I said the same thing to my sister. I was like, it's crazy how stark the difference is as to when I can tell Kim is sober and when she's not. Yeah. yeah. She definitely seems sober. She seems extremely anxious to me. She has some severe anxiety yeah. problems with like, I think even just being back on the show was trigger like really triggering for her like i could see her Mm -hmm. like having a traumatic experience of like oh my god i'm right back where i started in like the worst time of my life like i was drinking i was taking pills i i hated everyone around me and they hated me too like i think just having the memory of like those cameras and this kind of scenario again Mm -hmm. it looked like kim was having an experience where she was deeply triggered oh god also just the their whole like family dynamic i'm like oh god i feel i, feel I don't know if it's ever going to be camera. i don't know if, yeah if it's ever going to heal to be honest kathy griffin is kathy griffin sorry <laughs> 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 not kathy griffin 
<laughs> if Kathy Griffin, Griffin. Is li- was listening to this, and you know what? I can almost guarantee you we could get Kathy Griffin on Creep Time, the podcast. I could definitely make that happen. But if, <laughs> if Kathy Griffin was listening to this and heard that we mistook her for <laughs> Kathy Hilton, Kathy Hilton, she would die. Da- she would love that. What a step up from she Kathy Lee die- Gifford. She would die in a good way, and Kathy Hilton would actually pass away. Oh, Kathy Hilton can't be bothered with me. She doesn't care about me. She doesn't know nothing. No, no, no. But I mean the parallel between <laughs> her and Kathy Griffin being mistaken for each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kathy, I have to say one thing about Kathy Griffin, just real quick, and I'll get off the soapbox. But, you know, yeah. looking at her career from a bird's eye view is really astounding how many punches she's been taking. Because I'm retroactively going back and like doing watches of My Life on the D-List. Which is really, it's oh, like a... God, that's such a good show. But it's like a historical archive because it was like 2003 yeah. to see like what did Los Angeles such and like Hollywood look like, um, you know, like from the perspective of like navigating the celebrity world back then when no one had iPhones. And just to see like how much shit she put up with and like her husband at the time, like, do you know that her husband she found out was like stealing from her, like from her pot? Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I remember. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't remember that. Like, and she's like... It's like playing out in real time on this damn show. And she's just like constantly hustling and navigating this world. And like that, in addition to every other punch she was thrown with, like basically getting blacklisted. She was on the no fly list and then getting diagnosed with cancer. She lost her sister to cancer, then lost her mom. And she's still out there. She's touring right now, like still hustling. That's amazing. Like you got to give it up for the work ethic. Like that is astounding yes. work ethic and resiliency yes resilient i i also now that you brought that up i loved her mom on that show i know maggie her name was maggie she's right? like her good <laughs> her good irish catholic mother just oh, being like Kathy, you cannot Kathy. you cannot wear that you cannot get any more work done kathy leave bill o'reilly like, oh, alone he's fine <laughs> yeah. oh speaking of female comics since we were talking about maestro earlier you know who was in it who was a shining star sarah silverman oh my god (gasps) she like she arguably had very little screen time in comparison but she really stole it like she's actually magnetic in like film i was like i want to see you in more they should put her on white lotus oh i would love to see her in that oh my god put her on white lotus you heard i said what i said Oh, I, are they coming out with a season three soon? Yes. I mean, now that Jen Coolidge isn't going to be on it, I the rumor from what I heard in the industry, keep it between us creepers, is that oh. um, Aubrey Plaza is going to take <gasps> over like the lead role. She will be the focal Stop. point of the story. Oh, my God. God, well, I loved her character in the second season. So that's, oh, my God. I, I thought die. she did super well. Like, I... I didn't know what to expect because I guess the last thing I had really been watching with her was Parks and Rec. So I just had April in my mind. Yeah. She's excellent though. She's oh, a great she's, dramatic she's actress. So excellent. Sarah Silverman would be really good on, especially on a season now with Aubrey Plaza. Like they would, their chemistry together would be so good. I could see it. And you know what really struck me? I agree with you, but what really struck me about Sarah Silverman in Maestro was how well she played to the period piece of it all. Like, mm. she, like she 
fit so seamlessly into like the 50s, 60s. Like really, like just let that transform her. And I was like watching her and I was like, you are so compelling to watch. Oh. Hats off. What you know what? The, her t- she was the Hats sister. Off. Hats <laughs> off to Kathy Griffin. Kathy Hilton and Sarah Silverman, <laughs> the three female comics and that run Disney my life. Adults. And Disney adults. Oh my God. <laughs> like literally the most like polar opposite to Disney adults. I, I just like, somebody has to write on paper, like an actual like linear perspective of like our thought process and how we move from topic to topic. <laughs> so I can see like what the micro shifts are as to how we get from Disney adults to Sarah Silverman and the maestro. <laughs> Baby, we have undiagnosed ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When a topic loses its interest momentarily, it loses its interest. I know. You can move on. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. I I do believe that Bravo is our conduit to gear shifting. (laughs) Like, (laughs) somehow all things relate back to Bravo, and then Bravo is the conduit to the next topic of conversation. Because it was Kathy Hilton that got us into this. If there's anything I know, it's that if on creep time, like real creep time, whenever you say tether us back, if there was something that tethered us back in real life, I know it's Bravo. I'm a slave to Bravo. We could be tethered back to Bravo and every same. We are drones to the Bravo hive. Do you know that? Do you know that? That we are lost in the sauce? We have actively sipped the Kool-Aid to the Bravo cult. Well, baby, you still have time to get out. I've been doing this for 10 years. (laughs) Time to get out. (laughs) (laughs) If there is a Disney adult, but like a Bravo adult, that's me. Like I oh, can't yeah. get off the ride. And and you shouldn't have to. And the thing is, is like being a Disney adult, I would say is more honorable because there's history and appreciation for like yeah. the infrastructure. <laughs> Whereas Bravo is like, we're the bottom feeders. <laughs> we are the bottom feeders <laughs> slurping the scum <laughs> with every episode. Literally. It's, oh my God. You know, some people I have seen talk about Bravo and they they really defend it. And I have to agree that it's like it is a deep and introspective look into like the complicated relationships of female friendships and like how money and sex and status plays into that. And like they really psychoanalyze like what like housewives means. And I have another theory that I think it is that, but I also think there is a deep underpinning of like inherent misogyny to all of it in the watchers i'm sorry to pull the rug out and the curtain back bitches but we gotta talk yeah i think there is from my observation of like why i think bravo had like its big influx in society i think it's it's a strange vessel where people can like toss a lot of their internalized misogyny well yeah and i think it's also just pure escapism for me totally yeah i i put on bravo and i'm like that's when i get lobotomized i literally become so <laughs> you turn that brain off you turn I that, brain, turn that off. brain off i get my food and i get that and i turn it off but i'm saying this because like i've seen this in people who watch bravo and i'm sure i'm guilty of it too and i've seen it with my sister specifically because my sister is not like a caddy person like she, to women especially like she is extremely like women positive feminism but when she watches bravo and we watch it together it's interesting to see how like 
some hints of internalized misogyny do seep out. And like she gets very catty and like bitchy and judgy of the women on the show. That's so interesting. It like unlocks something. That's so interesting. Yeah. But she's not like that as a person. She's really not. I'll defend her. That is okay. You're making me laugh so hard with this theory that you're presenting because I'm all I'm thinking about, no, all I'm thinking about are the times when I've been home for like Christmas or whatever. And my dad will always give me shit because he's like, I know you're going to turn it on to Bravo. Like anytime I come into the room, that man is kidding himself if he does not stand in the damn doorway and watch Housewives. He's for a doorway like a watcher. Solid He's a, absolutely. 10 minutes. He's and then he'll be Baby. like, "Is that Nini?" <laughs> Listen, this is a real phenomenon. We got and I be, I believe he does. We got to talk about this yeah. because this is a phenomenon. The straight men that get sucked into the Bravo universe. There is there's a pipeline. It exists. It's usually through the daughter or through a significant other. It's it's a wife. It's mm-hmm. someone female in the household who like brings them into the sphere. Nothing gives me more pleasure, joy, and happiness to my my serotonin levels when I get to impersonate straight men watching Bravo and taking it seriously. <laughs> it is such a rich thought. Of like, I'm talking about guys that watch football on Sundays, you know, and they're like, watch it. And they're like, yeah, I mean, like, this is my father. Like, Kyle's just a total bitch right now. Like, she's re- <laughs> like, it's just really, it's not fair. Like what Eric is going through. And I, I get that. I get her perspective, too. It's so funny. It's so funny. Like, <laughs> so funny. And they're reluctant. They will never admit they watch Bravo, but they're fully in great. They know everything. They're like, I mean, it My- doesn't snow in Pasadena. Like, be real. <laughs> like, they know everything. Stop. That it's is true. so <laughs> funny. My dad, I'm trying to think of the things that he, he definitely, I know, likes the Real Housewives of New York. Like, he'll stand there the longest and watch, <laughs> like, and he'll be like, so how's Bethany's business doing? Like, he get, actually, get, he, oh, somebody actually, get me a drink. <laughs> Jordan and I have talked about this that um there is one housewife that all dads love and it's Sonia. Dads love Sonia. Really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know why? I think Sonia is very secure in herself. And I think that that's alluring for yes. people. She is. Yeah. And she's also just like, you know, like sexy and fun and whatever. But I'm trying to think who the favorite yeah. is from Beverly Hills. Because my, my dad doesn't know anything about Housewives. He he wouldn't even know where to begin. But like my brother, sometimes we force him to watch it. My sister and I, I'm, I will this Christmas. Absolutely. I certainly will. Of course. And my brother is always like reluctant, but he gets really invested as soon as he sees like the male relationships that they have. For some reason, I don't know if it's like it gives him like a better POV when he like sees Mo on camera or he sees PK and he understands like he understands them more through that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the me? most empty fucking statement i've ever made in my life how, how to say fucking nothing in three minutes 101 hosted by silas dean middle and name Stu. hack <laughs> and stew baby i've been doing nothing but empty we're on this is bravo talk we're talking about i, know I normally my brain is shut off when we when i observe or talk about bravo I'm having to actually make intelligent. This is fodder. This is. I. I. What was my original topic? 
<laughs> Disney adults. Creepers, I need you to call the police for a wellness check on Silas and Stu. <laughs> Creepers. The fact that Ooh. we came into this being like, Disney adults are inherently like there's something wrong there. And we're sitting here talking about Bravo and making intelligent, quote unquote, intelligent conversation <laughs> out of it. Isn't that Actually, the art like, of we it don't all? don't have a damn problem. Maybe that's the hubris of this. It's like we don't even <laughs> understand the camp of our own conversation. That's what makes we it don't. special. We're that- sitting here criticizing Disney adults while we're over here. And I'm saying it's a socioeconomical introspective docu-series about complicated <laughs> female relationships. I need to be sat in a I corner. I didn't know I was sitting across from Andy Cohen. Baby, you're sitting across from blown out Andy Cohen. That's me. I'm blown <laughs> out Andy blown Cohen. out. <laughs> I think I so actually talk. Like, segueing to Bravo after talking about the psychology of Disney adults was the most perfect thing we could have done to actually illustrate for the audience how you can really sip the Kool-Aid. How you can get lost in the sauce. (laughs) How absolutely unhinged (laughs) Creep Time After Dark really is. Oh, God. It is. In fact, I'm going to change our description to just say unhinged. Creep Time unhinged. Well... Maybe that's a good sign that we should wrap. Baby, I want to thank you for having a candid conversation about Disney adults. As always, these are off the cuff, so who knows what we're going to say. Creepers, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around for an After Dark episode. Make sure to go check out the most recent episode of Creep Time, the podcast. And with that, we going to say make it quick. Make it quick. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. Absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure.